0: Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Dunholm with you for the next hour here on the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. Also, thanks to those listening on ESPNLosAngeles.com. What's on tap tonight on Soccer Weekly, sponsored by Pocock Brewing. Visit PocockBrewing.com to see what's on tap right now in their tasting room. Pocock Brewing Company, Embrace Life, drink good beer. I'll tell you what's on tap. We're going to be talking with Kyle Martino, former Galaxy midfielder. He is in the running for the United States Soccer Federation presidency. So wanted to to have a conversation with him. I'm going to let him know. In fairness, I'm going to let him know that uh, we have endorsed Eric Winalda here at Soccer Weekly. I think that's only fair, but he still wanted to come on. I actually let Kyle's people know that, but I was very interested in his plan and you can check out his uh, website everyone'sgameusa.com so you want to check that out uh we got to talk about the presidential race and in 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 a little bit more depth that comes up on february 10th also transfer wrap up a lot of the european transfers are done obviously with the window closing and now uh, you know certainly mls they can still make some moves here and there but the big move and it's the big story of the show we jump right in here at 877710 espn la galaxy fan Zlatan. Now there are rumblings. Uh, we've, we we do our football cheese may alert here at Soccer Weekly, right? We do love our football cheese may. So I had Mario Ruiz, our, our fearless producer, call his barber, who is our inside. He's our he's our he or she. I don't even know barber. He, he okay. Of he, course he is. A, of course <laughs> Mario went to his salon. And got his, got his hairdresser Barber. to uh, check it out, because uh, he is our connection to all the football chiefs here in Southern California and Los Angeles. And it's not a done deal, as we all know, because it hasn't been reported officially. Well, I shouldn't say that. There's been some reports that it's been done. They're just not ready to report it yet. But there's, there's some rumors flying around, certainly, and it's heating up. And the reason what I want to talk about, and I'm not here to break news. I'm not a journalist. I'm an entertainer as you're well aware, what I want to talk about is I'm hearing a lot of yeah, but when it comes to Zlatan Ibrahimović possibly coming to the L.A. Galaxy at the age of 36, yeah, but he's older, yeah, but he's coming off the knee injury. Okay, certainly, uh, you know, perfectly legitimate wonder and concern. I'm going to take the other approach, though. What in the world is the problem with L.A. Galaxy signing Zlatan Ibrahimovic? They're not signing Zlatan Smith. All right? This guy is a legend. Yes, he's 36. Yes, he's coming off a knee injury. And if it works, it's gold for L.A. Galaxy. If it doesn't work, then the front office will have to pay for that. But for anybody to say, well, they really shouldn't, you know, remember Steven Gerrard? You know what? Yeah. Okay, Steven Gerrard did not light the LA Galaxy Earth on fire. Zlatan Ibrahimović may not. My complaint about people who are too negative about it, and you know who you are, who is he holding back if LA Galaxy signs Zlatan Ibrahimović, one of the greatest goal scorers in my lifetime and yours, maybe the greatest goal scorer to ever play in MLS with a tip of the cap to Robbie Keane and David Villa and certainly one of the biggest names to ever sign in MLS, who's he holding back on the Galaxy's roster? What, we're worried Ari Lasseter's not going to get enough minutes? (laughs) I mean, come on! Uh, Who's he holding back? What's the problem? If you can fit him in, right, it's all about the salary cap. If they can't, they won't sign him. If they can make this deal happen, make the deal happen. Take the chance. We were the worst team in MLS last year. You cannot just blow that aside and say, well, they've had a good offseason. Don't screw. It's Zlatan. This is not just some run-of-the-mill striker from Europe. It's Zlatan Ibrahimovic, one of the biggest names in world football in the last 15 years. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Yes, of course he could fail, quote, unquote. But let me tell you, if he fails, there'll be a whole lot of little kids running around with his Zlatan Galaxy jersey first. Right? It ain't going to hurt him business-wise. And here's another factor, and people keep forgetting this. Do you want to know what the biggest factor of the galaxy possibly signing Zlatan is? It's four letters. L-A-F-C. That's the biggest factor. They're in competition now in their own backyard. Look, man, when you're talking about the LA galaxy, I'm not talking on the pitch. They were awful. We got to worry about everybody on the pitch in 2017 or 18. After 2017. But when you're talking about off the pitch and the the status of L.A. Galaxy, you never have to worry about the Colorado, the crapids, right? The Colorado, right? You don't have to worry about them. They're meaningless when it comes to the Galaxy. You don't have to worry about them punks up north, San Jose. or That's a minor club. They're tiny. You don't even have to worry about Portland or Seattle. Or, you're the L.A. Galaxy. You are the standard bearer. Off the pitch. We got work to do on it. You don't have to worry about the you, – you have to worry about LAFC because they are breathing down your neck miles away. And it's not just about on the pitch. LAFC's got work to do. Who we can? They're an expansion team. Don't let anything, you know, get in the way of – this isn't 1998 and Bob Bradley with Chicago Fire. This is a different league. Yes, we saw Atlanta United have a nice season. Certainly LAFC has the potential. But Atlanta United didn't win anything last year either. It's hard coming into this league as an expansion team. But that doesn't mean LA Galaxy can just assume everything's going to be all right in this market. We're talking business. We're talking selling those sweets. LAFC is hot. Right? One week, for a long time, it was Kim Kardashian. Right? Now it's Kendall Jenner. Now it's even Kylie who's taken over. It happens. You've got to be careful in your own backyard. This is this is this is pop culture here in Los Angeles when it comes to football now with LAFC. It's bigger than just on the pitch. And the Galaxy have to remember that. And Zlatan answers some questions about what LA Galaxy really wants to do in this market beyond on the field. We know they gotta fix that, and they have. This offseason, talking with Mario Rees, my producer, we're both excited to see what LA Galaxy does on the pitch. Look, I mean, they've had a great offseason. Make it just a little bit better. Get it done. If it's at all possible. Look, this may not be possible. Salary cap-wise, everything. It might not be possible. But if it is, get it done. 877-710-ESPN. 877 877- 710-3776. Your thoughts on the Galaxy and the Zlatan, you know, kind of the hand-holding, will they or won't they? Are they going to start dating? Are they already dating? I mean, what's going on? You know, it's like it's football may at its best. Mario's barber came up empty. If you have any football cheese may on it, if you go to a dentist whose best friend's sister's girlfriend's cousin has some football cheese may when it comes to Zlatan, give us a call, 877-710-3776. Or you can hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer, which is easy enough, right? At Talk Soccer, We got some uh, tweets flying in, one from Obeso Samuel. Everywhere Zlatan goes, he says he wins. He's a competitor, and the knowledge he's going to give to the young guys coming up, Amen! There is nothing. There is no downside. If he if the knee doesn't hold up, oh, well. I'm not going to be worried about uh, Phil Anschutz paying the electric bill anytime, the owner of the Galaxy, right? I mean, the guy's a bill. It's fine. They lose a little money on it. They'll make it back in jersey sales. Every little kid's going to have a Zlatan jersey to buy in the L.A. Galaxy's New Jersey, which is beautiful, by the way. I love the new jersey. I love the new kit. Why not? I don't see, who's he holding back that the, the Galaxy are trying to develop? That's one of the problems with the Galaxy, right? We've needed a striker. Yeah, we got Ola Kamara. Good. Let's get Ola some help up there. 877 espn 877-710-3776. Among the transfers that went through, my favorite transfer and not just because, I'm not even saying it like, oh, this is an automatic success. My favorite one to look at, and I can't wait to watch, is the dude from Borussia Dortmund, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I, I cover the, uh, the Bundesliga. I love watching the kid from Gabon. Great score. He goes to Arsenal. That is a fantastic move for both. Now, Aubameyang had to pull some shenanigans to get out of there. I didn't think I'd use the word shenanigans in this show. He had to pull some shenanigans to get out of Dortmund, and he apologized for that essentially on on social media before he left. It happens sometimes when it comes to big soccer business. It does not always clean. It's not always fun. He had to take his talents to London. You get the point. It happens in sports, and this is big business. We get that. So it wasn't pure. It wasn't. But so what? He's there. Arsenal gets him. They have to go up. Olivier Giroud, who moves on to Chelsea. The ripple effect we saw with Mkhitaryan going and Alexis, you know the whole thing with Man United and Arsenal. There, I love Pierre Emerick Aubameyang going to Arsenal. The kid is the real deal. We know this, but what? How intriguing is it now when it comes to Christian Pulisic? Michi Batshuayi leaves Chelsea for Borussia Dortmund. He's a good substitute for Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. He is. I love Batshuayi's game. He's not afraid to pass the football which I love to see for a striker. Now, remember, a striker's job is to put the ball in the back of the net, right? I'm not that worried about them passing. I'm not sitting here telling you, oh, pass the ball more. But every now and again, you like to see your striker be willing to commit to an assist or two. Not a lot. they got to have the mindset of, uh, you know, pumping the ball in. But every now and then, you love to see a guy who's willing to pass up front when there's a better opportunity for his teammate. And Batshuayi does that. I love that move. From him, For him, from Chelsea, Antonio Conte let him go to Borussia Dortmund. I think it actually doesn't hurt Christian Pulisic then to see Aubameyang go. 877-710-ESPN. We're going to take this phone call first. 877-710-3776. Coming up in a few minutes, don't forget, Kyle Martino, USSF president, candidate. I should say candidate for president. And we'll be talking with him. Let's go out to the 405. First up on this show here on Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710 is Victor. Victor, welcome to the show, buddy.
1: Hey, thanks. How are you? Good, man. Uh, yeah, Zlatan is fantastic. I mean, when he was with uh, Paris Saint-Germain, he was, I mean, the highest scorer ever until this week where Cavani overtook him. Yeah. Right? So, my idea, I mean, he'll be great for LA. I mean, that would be fantastic to have a, a player of his caliber, you know, play now. Sure, But, uh... But I mean, for me, it would be, it would be way better if we get like a Neymar or Mbappé or one of those younger kids, you know, to come down to, to the U.S. and play here.
0: Well, we're seeing it out of South America. And thank you, Victor. Appreciate the phone call. Look, I mean, Neymar just was sold to Paris Saint Germain for about 240 million this year. So I don't, he's not coming to MLS anytime soon. But remember, there was an announcement earlier in the week. David Beckham's Miami franchise finally uh, in, in is officially in the MLS. Some very good reporters saying 2020, they're going to be kicking off. I'm not saying Neymar's going to end up there anytime too soon, but I like Victor's thinking. 877-710 ESPN, 877-710-3776. I am Dave Dunholm and you are listening to uh, Soccer Weekly. Don't forget, coming up, we're going to be talking with Kyle Martino, USSF President Candidate, presidential candidate. I keep screwing that up. Candidate for president. Why is that so difficult, Dave? That's unbelievable. I am Dave Dunholm. You are listening to Soccer Weekly, ESPNLA, 710. Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710, the home of world football here in Southern California. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the best soccer show in all the planet. And joining me now, a candidate for U.S. soccer presidency, a former Galaxy player. We all know him and love him here. Former U.S. men's national team player, Kyle Martino. Kyle, thanks for taking the time, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah,
2: thanks for having me. I'm back in L.A. I got to enjoy the U.S. game with the Outlaws, and now I'm on the 405 five not enjoying that part of L.A.
0: <laughs> ah, welcome back. That's right. Kyle, uh, <laughs> first things first, why do you want to be president of U.S. soccer?
2: Um, I, I never dreamed of being president of U.S. soccer. I dreamed of playing a game for a living, and I would say a, a, a smaller dream was to be in the industry, uh, for, for a profession, so being able to be on TV and talk about a game for a living was, a, was another dream, so I feel incredibly fortunate to um, have have these dreams come to fruition and them all be about a game that I love so much and a soccer culture that, that, that developed me. And the reason I want to be president is because the, the, the dream to see that grow and those opportunities increase for other players to be as lucky as I was uh, that that dream's in jeopardy based on poor leadership and failing to qualify for a World Cup is, is a symptom of systemic issues. And, and and even when you look at it, you say, okay, the heartbreak it's it's tough. It's tough to get over, but it's given us an opportunity to to finally uh, show the humility that's necessary to understand where we're getting it wrong and elect a president that wants to grow the soccer culture and the only way that's going to impact uh, this country, which is from, from the ground up, from the grassroots.
0: Kyle, I've always thought, and this is kind of the line I use to describe it, uh, U.S. soccer became big business before we got any good at it. And that's a dangerous thing sometimes, in, in business or in you know sport. How bad is it, at U.S. soccer now, in light of the fact we haven't made the World Cup on the men's side, there's still a lot of things that are going well for U.S. soccer. How bad truly is it in your estimation now that you've really taken a good, hard look at this?
2: Yeah, it's really bad, and and I'll tell you why. It's it's not because we missed out on a World Cup. Yeah, you know France missed out on '90 90 and '94, and they won in '98. And you know the Netherlands and Italy and Chile, great soccer nations, miss World Cups. That happens. Um, but but. In the aftermath of Trinidad and Tobago, the narrative was bad bounce, maybe some coaching decisions that we should have done differently. When When in reality, the biggest part of the membership, and U.S. Soccer is a member services organization, was saying, we're upset about the World Cup, but we're more upset that you aren't listening to us and you're not serving us. And so what's bad about U.S. Soccer, and you alluded to it a little bit, is the profits have outpaced the progress. It is not... It's still run a little bit like a mom-and-pop shop by three or four people that make every single decision for soccer in this country and forget that they're not qualified to make the, the macro-technical decisions they're making unilaterally. Uh, no one should operate that way. It should be an organization that has heads of departments, decision flow charts, a board that is in the know, but instead we have a board that doesn't know how coaches were hired, and, and we have a few people – making decisions for the entire membership and doing so in an echo chamber where they don't hear the complaints and they don't hear the suggestions and they don't involve the membership in in the, the architecture, in the design for soccer in this country. And so here here's what really demonstrates how bad things are now. Instead of showing the, the, the awareness and instead of using this inflection point as an opportunity to grow and modernize in ways they haven't, uh, the, the the people on the inside are trying to elect two inside candidates and are working very, very hard behind the scenes and, and enjoying the opacity that makes it difficult to understand the mechanisms that are moving the needle. Um, there are no rules that say that people on the U.S. soccer board can't lobby for, for candidates. Yeah. But if people behind the scenes are putting forward candidates and trying really hard to get people elected who have been on the inside this whole time and are culpable for this collapse, then that, that's unfair to the membership. If they're going to do that, they need to be public about it and say they're supporting people and tell us why. That's what the membership deserves. And they're furious that a handful of people are, are trying to create the optics of change when we all know it's going to be the status
0: quo all over again. We're talking with Kyle Martino. He's the uh, candidate for U.S. soccer president, former Galaxy player, former Men's National Team player. And here on Soccer Weekly, I'm Dave Denholm with you. Now, Kyle, anybody who's listening to me knows uh, I'm on the record as uh, as supporting Eric Winalda for president. I do like a lot of yeah. what both of you are saying, frankly, so I wanted to speak with you about your plan, Everyone's Game com. It's a progress plan. It's a very in-depth plan that Kyle has put forward. Check out the website, everyonesgameusa.com. And it's interesting that you uh, talk about who's supporting who in that sense. Kyle, I really believe that oftentimes change for change's sake is not good. But in this case, I am, I am a desperate supporter of change. Yes, for change sake, yeah. when it comes to U.S. men's net, you know, like, in other words, there's a couple candidates, I don't need to name them, people who are in the know, they know, you know, go do your research, if you're a fan of soccer, you should be anyway. There's a couple candidates I don't want to see win this thing, and there's a few of them that I really would be very happy with winning, in other words, because of the change. How desperate are we in need of that from top down here with U.S. soccer?
2: Well, we're going to get change. Well, for the first time, there were three terms where there was no challenge to the president and the president of U.S. soccer stepping down. So I give Eric and, and all the other candidates a lot of credit for stepping forward. Yeah. And without that, that wouldn't have happened. And I, get, and I, I give you credit for, for standing behind a candidate. You absolutely should do that. And that, that deserves respect and, and honestly, admiration. mean you, you, you believe in something, you believe in someone, and you should say that. And Eric has a lot of great ideas. And there are many candidates in this election that can help U.S. soccer moving forward. And my hope is that regardless of the outcome, everyone continues to try to pull in the same direction. But one thing that concerns me so much is I've talked multiple times to, to the candidates in the selection, but there are two candidates who have rebuffed my attempts to communicate with them and, and try to reach out and have discourse and discussion. Yeah. And Kathy Carter and Carlos Cordero ha- have, have avoided having those discussions with candidates and it's just very disingenuous. If we want to move this thing forward, we're all in it to grow soccer and give the game back to everyone. Then we should be talking regularly and whoever wins should be open to sharing ideas and, and trying to get a lot of wonderful people that are in this election involved in U.S. soccer in some capacity. Yeah, I, but the fact that the people from the inside don't have an interest in that, it, it just is emblematic of, of the culture that's become toxic, and the membership see it, and, and it's and it's really their choice. They're the ones that are going to elect the next president, and we need change that actually moves things forward, not just the opposite of change.
0: No, I couldn't agree more. I definitely agree with that. I also think it's just a matter of we all have to start paying attention now again. Finally, no matter who wins, quite frankly, no matter who wins, I, you know. And good luck to you if it's you, whoever, whether it's someone we don't really necessarily want to see in there. We all have to just pay more attention to these things moving forward and if that means some upheaval every time you know now and again that's a good thing let's take a look at this plan everyone's game go to the website if you haven't read Kyle's plan i highly recommend digging into it i have a few questions for it uh Kyle let's yep. start uh, you have your you have your kind of your pillars and among them transparency making the presidency a paid position i thought that would should be uh, job one Quite frankly, as crazy as that sounds, to get elected as president to a non-paying position, I think your first task must be to make that presidency a paid position. I 100% agree on this. Why is that important, though?
2: Well, the job should be hard to keep. You need to create a meritocracy.
0: Yeah.
3: and
2: Having three elections where the president isn't challenged, um, it's not exclusively because of, but what contributes in that is the fact that it's an unpaid position. Every other FA president that's in soccer nations around the world, it's a full-time paid position. And one of the reasons that is is so that you have high quality uh, uh, high, uh, high quality and quantity of candidates that challenge every four years. And one of the reasons great candidates haven't gotten into this race, and one of them, Julie Fowdy, I was really trying to lobby to get her to come in. It's just a big financial sacrifice for people to make. So you create a position where you need to either do another full-time job or be independently wealthy. And what I think about that is kind of irrelevant. membership feel that a lot of the membership wanted to be a paid position because they want accountability. They want to know that you work full time for U.S. Soccer and you don't profit off the office in any other way. And they also want to know that there's going to be great candidates to challenge if you're underperforming. And one of the candidates in this race, Carlos Cordero is sending letters out to the membership saying he strongly disagrees with it being a paid position. I mean, someone who has a very strong opinion either way, it's basically saying my opinion is is more important than the membership. And and being the only independently wealthy person in this election, it seems incredibly disingenuous for him to keep a mechanism that makes it hard for people to qualify in the way he qualifies. Mm -hmm.
0: Kyle, who do you want to be the next U.S. men's national team coach?
2: You know, I'm not going to give a name, because that's one of the big problems... That we've had. We've had a president that thought it was their job to hire the national team coach and, and unilaterally was chasing candidates and, and, and making offers and signing deals and extensions. And, you know, giving Jurgen Klinsmann an extension before the World Cup. If you had a technical director and you had a, a technical advisory board, they would have never allowed the board of U.S. soccer to okay that decision. The only reason a decision like that happened is because it happened behind closed doors with a, with a few people. That can't happen anymore. So I've got people I'd love to be the coach of the men's national team. I'm sure I'll, uh, I'll offer those opinions when I get in there, and I'll throw those names in in the, in the mix. Yeah. But my job as president will be to make lists that we come up with in a Democratic way. I use my connections and my, my network to go and make sure we're not chasing people that won't be good for or interested in this job so that we can interview candidates that are going to help us and candidates that want to be a part of our program.
0: We're talking with Kyle Martino, candidate for U.S. soccer president, former Galaxy player, U.S. men's national team player. He's a television host, host and analyst. I want, to, I want to ask you this final question, Kyle, before we let you go. How, how I guess in the world of television, I think it was about 18 months to a two years too soon, when you guys started Soccer Talk Live at Fox. I thought it was a great show. It just hit a little too soon, unfortunately. How, how, would you gauge that as correct? About, about 18 months too soon for that show.
2: Well, I also think it was one of my first uh, television jobs to host something and I, I cringe when I go back and watch some of it. It was like, it made
0: Wayne's World look like The Tonight Show. No, you were so, good. Don't, don't even, no, no, no. <laughs> Listeners, I know many of you didn't see it, unfortunately, but it was it was a great show, and Kyle did a great job. I think you were, I, I literally think it was about a year and a half too soon for the market. Yeah, and you, you know what? I give people credit, like David Nathanson, who spearheaded that, yeah. and
2: John Skipper, who, who, I, who I, I, I am so respectful of with, being a vanguard in the space, and I wish him luck in his battle with addiction right now. There are people that were ahead of the time trying to create soccer content before there was a big demand or anticipating the demand for it. And what I love about these people is when those things didn't work, they didn't stop there. And ESPN FC and what NBC is doing with the Premier League coverage and Fox with... Uh, with the Bundesliga and Champions League and now the World Cup coverage that they're going to have. You know, when I was little, it was one network and it was a couple jobs. And now it, it, it's several industries and so many things for young soccer fans to consume
0: including radio shows like this one. And, Kyle, I, I love that show. Kudos to you for uh, being one of the first ones out there doing that kind of thing. Good luck to you. Kyle Martino, candidate for U.S. Soccer president. That election comes up on February 10th. We will be watching, certainly with a massive interest here at Soccer Weekly. Kyle, thanks so much for taking the time, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much, Dave. It was a pleasure. Kyle Martino, candidate for the U.S. Soccer Federation presidency, and uh, we wish him a well. Again, even Kyle talked about it. We've endorsed Eric Winalda here, but we need change. There are some good candidates. Kyle's one of them. And I appreciate him taking the time to join us here. We need change at the top of U.S. soccer. The Galaxy looking for change, potentially, when it comes to Zlatan Ibrahimović. What could possibly go wrong with that? Yes, he's 36. Yes, he's coming off injury. So what? He is Zlatan. So much right potentially could happen for LA Galaxy with that 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. We will take your phone calls. Coming up next, Dave home with you here, Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. ESPN LA 710, this is Soccer Weekly. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California, and really the home of world football all over. This is the best soccer radio show of all time, bar none, without a doubt. Come on, who are we kidding? You know us, you love us here at ESPN LA 710, and I appreciate you taking the time. Check me out on Twitter, at Soccer. You can uh, give a call to the show at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Got tweets flying in, at Soccer. We got at YCIS, Yanks called soccer, say, Kyle all the way, love that man. Yeah, Kyle Martino just joined us. Here on Soccer Weekly, appreciate him taking the time, breaking down his candidacy for the U.S. soccer presidency. Wish him well on February 10th, the election comes up. Look, there are two candidates who I don't want to win. Bottom line, they have too much of an association with Sunil Gulati and the current administration. That's Carlos Cordero and Kathy Carter. I just don't want them to win. Again, they might be the nicest people ever. They might be the greatest people ever. I'm sure they are. People speak so highly of them, absolutely fine. But sometimes people have to pay the price, even if it's not completely their fault. Sunil Gulati, Bruce Arena, and by default and by proxy, Carlos Cordero and Kathy Carter—they got to go. Cannot have them winning the soccer presidency. Is it fair? Not always. No, but that's life. Eight seven seven. 710 ESPN, 877-710-3776. Zlatan a lot time to the Galaxy. What could possibly go wrong? We know he's coming in potentially on injury if this deal gets done. And again, it's right in the football chief's May time right now. Mario's barber says that he doesn't know anything. So if Mario's barber can't confirm it, it's not a done deal. I'm sorry. I'll go so far as to say that. But if it happens, how? I mean, what's the problem? we got a lot to talk about. 877-710-ESPN. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Back to the phones, we go with Edwin in Marina Del Rey. You're next up here on Soccer Weekly with Dave down home. What's up, Edwin?
3: Hey, good evening. First off, I, I'm i really happy to have you uh, weekly. Hopefully we can do this on a daily basis. Oh, I from your lips,
0: Edwin, to, to God's I, ears, absolutely. You know, I just I just found out about it, and
3: I'm I'm really excited. Just, just let's start with the weekly, and... We'll go big. We'll go big. I, 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 I promise you. Um, I was hoping to talk to the host uh, about uh, the basic of soccer with all, is all the kids mm-hmm. who are tr- trying to learn. And I, I um, have a soccer academy with my brother in Glendale area, Glendale, Burbank area. And believe it or not, we cannot find a proper field at the proper time. Mm-hmm. It's it 's a hassle to find a field to practice, and that should not be an issue. You know what I mean? We are going from here to there, bouncing around to find a find a good time, uh, but it 's not happening. I was uh, wondering if it could uh, you know get some some shine some light on it Well Edward appreciate
0: that and check out his plan He's, He talks about the uh, youth game a lot everyone 's game usa dot com that is the website for Carlo Martino, Ed Everyone's Game USA. dot com. He's got a plan there, and oh, a lot of people are talking about youth soccer. Look, some of it's Southern California, right? Real estate—it's tough. That's part of the problem. So many teams here, so many clubs, but that shouldn't be happening for a soccer market like L.A. I've said it time and time again: Los Angeles is one of the top ten soccer markets in the world. The world, yes. It is. No question. And that kind of thing should not be happening. We should have enough fields for whomever wants to play in youth soccer. No doubt about it. And and I hope that does get addressed. I hope it gets addressed on a grassroots level with some of these candidates. And I know many of these candidates are concerned about that. Check out Eric Winalden, what he's been talking about. And Kyle Martino and Paul Caligiuri and some of the other candidates. Steve Winograd. Very good candidates. All of them. John is in L.A. John, you're next up to Soccer Weekly with Dave home What's up, man?
1: Yeah, how's it going? I, I just wanted to say I'm emphatically in agreement with you. Um, it just, knock him dead, 100% all in with this Laton transfer. Um, you know, I, I, I mostly, I'm, I watch Premier League. You know, um, I'm a Spurs fan, which brings up the other point you brought about Obama. Yeah, gets me a little worried. I mean, he is great uh, up front with Lacazette. But again, back uh, with Laton, I've never watched an MLS uh, uh, match. And, um, this is going to get me, you know, following MLS, obviously, particularly Galaxy. But if they make more transfers like this, I think that there are going to be a lot of people that are representative, uh, of, you know, there will be a larger group like myself. They're just going to get more interest in, um, you know, this league, which is obviously what we want. So, you know, not, and he's not going to rest on his laurels. He is such a competitor that, you know we're going to see some some great stuff out of him.
0: John, I appreciate. It. Let me tell you this, John. I love your honesty. Haven't haven't watched an MLS match. That's fine. You know, look, this this cannot be overlooked by MLS snobs. You know, we hear a lot about Euro snobs, of which I talk about too. And but it cannot be overlooked that there are people who don't watch MLS and haven't. A guy like John comes on here and tells the truth about that. And yet, John, thank you for the phone call. Really appreciate that. He says he will. You cannot overlook that. Look, there's plenty of room for Ezekiel Barco to be transferred into Atlanta United at the age of 18 for 15-plus million. And Diego Rossi with LAFC for 19 year I don't want the Galaxy to not do that. I want the Galaxy to find the next Carlos Ruiz, who came in at, what, 22? And was one of the greatest signings in the history of MLS. We talked with Siggy about that a couple weeks ago. I want the Galaxy. But you cannot overlook the potential of grabbing on to other fans with the likes of a Zlatan Ibrahimovic. This, again, I said it earlier, you're not signing Zlatan Jones, some no-name from over there in Sweden. This is one of the legends of the game. And he's not 46 before the knee injury. Zlatan, how many goals did he have for Man United last season? Don't bother looking it up. It was 17 in barely that many games. Scores goals for fun. Buckets of them. Now, could he fail? Yeah. MLS is no retirement league anymore. It is true. He could be too beat up with that knee or too old. He might fail on the pitch. Yeah. That would not shock me. Like it might shock others because too many people are like, Oh, he'll come over here and score 50 goals. He's the best there. You know, he's so much better. He's not going to score 50 goals. Shut up. That's absurd. But would it shock me if he also scores 25 goals? No. Of course not. He's Lahtan. Just ask him. He's one of the greatest of all time. He really is. That's not overselling this guy. There is so little downside. Now, if the Galaxy are going to pay him $12 and get rid of Roman Alessandrini as a... No, I don't want that. Zlatan's going to have to come at a price because he's going to have to fit in the salary cap. And I don't want to lose Alessandrini or the brothers Dos Santos at this point. No. Not for a 36-year-old with a bum knee. That I don't want. I'm not saying at any cost... But if the price is right, and if the situation's right, then 100%, yes. There is no downside if the downsides have been eliminated. Meaning, don't get rid of Alessandrini, of course, to make room for him. He's the best player we have. No. Not for the 36-year-old coming off the injury. Of course not. It's not just a blanket, yes, you must go get him no matter what, and he will succeed no matter what, but there's also so little downside if it's done right. And if it can't be done right, then it just wasn't meant to be. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. Also, MLS to Miami with David Beckham. They had the announcement. Don Garber and the gang. There are some big names attached to this. Oh, man. Rich, filthy rich people. Is it Marcelo Clary, who's the head of Sprint, the CEO of Sprint? I think his name is Marcelo Clary. He's involved, Jorge and Jose Mas, if you haven't heard of those guys, yeah, take a look. And one of the richest men in Japan is part of David Beckham's group. I mean, one of the richest, if not the richest, in all of Japan. Masayoshi Son is his name. Check him out. I mean, these are the people who are getting involved in not just Miami, but in MLS, obviously. We're talking about filthy rich power brokers. They got to get it done right in Miami, and we had a caller earlier in the show talking about well, they need to bring in guys like Kylian Mbappe and Neymar. A little early for that, okay? Neymar just was sold for two hundred and forty million dollars. He's not coming next week, or the week after, or the year after, but he will probably be here at some point. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Eight seven 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 ten three seven seven six. We're rolling on. Don't forget, you can check out. On iTunes, all your podcatchers, it's the podcast. If you missed anything, Soccer Weekly, we had the interview with Kyle Martino earlier. You want to check that out? Go to iTunes, search it, Soccer Weekly, subscribe, rate, and review, right? That's the three things you are supposed to say, subscribe, rate, and review. If you get a chance, look, I understand it's busy. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't rate and review every podcast I listen to. I don't. So it would be hypocritical of me to say, you must do that. But if you get a chance, you want to tell me how good or bad I am, that's fine. I can take it. I'm in radio. Been in it a lot of years. I can handle you telling me you hate it, too. Just be honest. 877-710-ESPN. I am Dave at home. You are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. It's Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave at home. And you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. Oh, we're having a great time. Our weekly show here, thanks to the fine folks at ESPN LA 710 for giving us this opportunity each and every week to break down the beautiful game. An interesting deal for LAFC. It's finally announced. We were wondering, remember, I think Mario and I have been screaming about this for a while. The jersey, the sponsor, it was obviously the deal had to get done. And it's finally announced that YouTube TV will not only be the jersey sponsor, in other words, in front of that beautiful... Oh, I hate that the jerseys are so beautiful. The beautiful jersey, but also it will be the local TV deal. You will have to uh, subscribe to YouTube TV. Remember, many games this year are already on national TV for LAFC. We talked about it. Half the schedule virtually is on national television, In and likely you already have those channels. ESPN, Fox some of the you know, Univision, Deportes, I believe. I'm pretty sure they're... The, you get the point. It'll be in Spanish on the national level. It'll be in English on the national level. Many games. Half of them. The rest will be on YouTube TV, geolocated to LA. In other words, if you have a YouTube TV subscription in South Dakota, and it's the local game for LAFC, you won't be able to get it there, in fairness. You will have to be in LA and have a subscription to YouTube TV. I think it's like 35 bucks a month. Now... Mario, immediately, people are up in arms, right?
4: Yeah, of course. Some are like,
0: this is the greatest thing ever. Some are like, this is hideous, of course. I mean, it's social media. It's quick reaction. It's everybody overreacting immediately. Realistically, this shows me a couple of things. First of all, LAFC is on the cutting edge of just about everything they're trying, right? They're looking for a demographic that, frankly, has me as one of the oldest people possible to follow this team. (laughs) I mean, they are looking for a young...
4: You this know, is so young, millennial, right? Yeah, here. this is
0: so LaFC as we this always say. So millennial, yeah. So millennial, and rightfully so. That's the future. That's the way it's going, right? We've we've been talking about the NFL and the streaming on whether it's you know Twitter or Amazon doing stuff, and all these other people get wanting to get involved. Well, YouTube TV makes the move with LaFC.
4: This is the first Northern American team to do this in sports. That's fascinating. It's historic. It's it was huge.
0: In, it was in Variety, yeah. Hollywood Report. I mean that people have to remember that look if you're just a person out there who thinks only of yourself okay you're like oh man this is an outrage i don't want to have to okay if you can have that opinion but look at the publicity they got already for this national international already people are talking about lafc with this deal on an international level therefore it's already been a success for LAFC just by the publicity alone. And it is the future. And not to sound too like rah-rah, boom bah. the future is now when it comes to LAFC. That's what they're trying it to, to make it out. Again, you got to go out and win on the pitch. You don't win games on Instagram, and now you don't win games on YouTube TV. You go win them on the field. So they're still building that. they got work to do. This is fascinating to me. That this deal got done the way it did, and we were waiting. In fairness, Mario and I, we're in the media. Obviously, we're keeping an eye on. Oh, who's going to be the uh, partners for this? You know, what's going to happen with the, the TV and everything? Who's it going to be locally? And then you start to wonder. Well, it can't be where the gal, you know, the Galaxy on what Spectrum Sportsnet or whatever. I think that's where the can't be there. Let's be realistic. That's not. Wow, YouTube TV. I mean, that is massive. Whether you love LAFC or not, it doesn't matter. That is a massive story, and already they got the publicity out of it they wanted. So many people talking about this, whether it's on social media around the world. LAFC out in front of that. Great stuff, and great stuff with our favorite segment every week. It's time now already for Stoppage Time. You heard him just briefly there, the great Mario Rees, producer of Soccer Weekly. Mario, I'm going to turn the tables on you and ask you the first question. What are your thoughts on this LAFC move to YouTube TV?
4: I love it, man. I love it. And they're going to do a Spanish broadcast as well, too, that's right? That's true.
0: That's going to be local. They're going to announce that. Partner. Every game in Spanish yeah, on TV, absolutely. right? absolutely. So it's yeah. a big part of the market. So anyway. if you don't have
4: YouTube TV, you tune into Spanish and turn down the volume, well, and you turn up,
0: you know... Where the radio the, feed. Yeah, the radio feed. Yeah, Okay, in yeah, English. You got me a little worried there. Mario, we move <laughs> on this, uh, the rest of this beautiful stoppage time. What's up? All
4: right, so David Beckham finally uh, gets his Miami MLS team. And uh, with the MLS team in, uh, in Miami, yeah. what do you think? Is there, are they going to be successful there in Miami?
0: I, I, I had the same feelings about this as I did initially with Atlanta United. And we've talked about that on this show, that I thought Atlanta United would be a flop. In MLS A miserable failure Yeah And I could not have been more wrong So I'm hopeful (laughs) That Miami is the same thing Now that's It's a different market And let's be realistic It's not Been the most fabulous soccer market Remember they left Southern Florida, South, you know, South Florida with Miami Fusion. Now it wasn't in Miami. This is a different game. It's about Tampa Bay Mutiny. It's yeah. Well, that yeah, different part of the country. You're right. (laughs) They got back into it with Orlando, similar area. Yeah, not the same market. Right, but it's Beckham. And it's the big money we talk about. It's going to succeed. I really believe that. Beckham
4: has a lot of pools. So what, what do you think? What kind of players is he going to bring over to his well, squad?
0: Look, he's going to try to get the likes of a Neymar eventually, and those kind of guys, Cristiano Ronaldo. No doubt, he's going to try to get those. Yeah. Absolutely, one hundred percent. He's going to go after that kind of thing because you have to in Miami, right? Bienvenidos on Miami. It's it's a it's like Hollywood light. You got to have it on some level. Yeah. And they're they're Hollywood wannabes. But they're going to go and make the, give it their best effort. I mean, Miami. Let's face it; it's Hollywood wannabe. That's true. It really is. All right. So, U.S. Men's uh, National Team
4: defender Jeff Cameron thinks oh, the U.S. Boy. would have qualified for the World Cup if Jurgen Klinsmann was still the coach. What do you think?
0: Well, look. I mean, Jeff is a little upset he wasn't in the starting lineup for that Trinidad and Tobago game. And maybe who knows? Maybe look, anything might have made a difference in that game because we were so terrible in, in earning that loss. Uh, Jürgen Klinsmann was not lighting the US soccer world on fire by the time he was let go. It, it was time to make a change. We had to try to right the ship. Bruce Arena could not get the job done. It was the right move. Sorry Jeff Cameron that your feelings were hurt a little bit, but no, I don't no way would uh, Jürgen Klinsmann have gotten us qualified. I don't believe that. He put us into that mess. There was no easy way out of that by any means. There's always an easy way to listen to Soccer Weekly on iTunes as well. Go uh, check that out. Thanks to Mario Rees. Thanks to Michael Funches, the two coolest men in radio. I am Dave Denholm, and you've been listening to Soccer Weekly here on the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA, 710. Have a good week, everyone.